what gave you the courage, Kevin, to, or inspiration to be like, okay, I'm going to leave this high paying job and do this full time. I think some of it's being impulsive sometimes. And then, um, the other is I would rather live, um, with the regret of it failing than the regret of not trying. I mean, that's, if anyone asks me, do you want to be, you know, if about the entrepreneurial route, if they should go that way, that that's the thing. What's your bigger regret? Would you rather fail? Would that bother you more or not trying at all? And if not trying at all would really bother you, then do it. Deep conversations, fun games, and life skills with inspiring entrepreneurs. This is Games with Entrepreneurs. What is up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in today. We've got phenomenal guests, and I've got a husband and wife team who started their own company, so I really want to know what it's like to be husband and wife running that company together, trying to live, you know, how do you separate work versus home and all that stuff and the success that they've been able to achieve as well, and what inspired them to do something on their own and become entrepreneurs as well. So without further ado, let me introduce the guests. I've got Kevin and Diane Hamilton, co-founders of binaryformations.com. Check out their app, Home Inventory. It's only on iPad, right, if I remember correctly? Uh, on the Mac, but coming to iOS this right. year. Right, which is their flagship app, but you can check out all their different products on binaryformations.com. Kevin, Diane, thanks for coming up. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Glad to be here. Dan, you said your dad actually inspired you to become an entrepreneur. He did. He did. Um, when Kevin and I first uh, took binary formations from more of a hobby to, to our real jobs, uh, I think some people thought we might be a little crazy and uh, taking a risk and, and walking away from a good job uh, that we did have. And my dad did something similar when he was 50. I grew up in a, a home with six kids, um, one who was in college, uh, one that was getting ready to go to college, and then three more at home. And... Uh, he decided to leave his job, um, stable government job, and um, start his own business. And he started a transmission repair shop at the age of 50. He had no idea about cars, um, but he knew he wanted to own a business and run a business. And so I think I got the bug from him because I've always had it. And... Um, my mom also inspired me as well because she was always there. She didn't question his dream of, of doing this. Of course, you know, the practical side of things. Um, she, but she, she supported him 100% even through the tough times. And it got very tough at, at times. And I would see my mom, you know, she was taking care of the bills and making sure everybody got paid, which sometimes, you know, was was you know, pulling a uh, bill out of a hat and she stuck by him. So I think they really, that the both of them uh, inspired me to, to jump out and, you know, life's short. Let's, let's go for it. What made you not go the opposite way? Cause I hear some of those stories. Like my dad was an entrepreneur. He, you know, this is what my dad said because his dad grew up in like the depression times and he was just like, 
he always saved up. Like my grandpa would always save mm-hmm. up, never spend his money. And he just kept saving up and saving up. And so my dad went almost the opposite. He's like, I got some money. I'm going to spend it. Right. And so what made you go like, yes, I saw what my dad did. I want to do something similar despite the hard times. So, uh, there were a lot of good times. Um, not necessarily financially, but we did, there was always food on the table. We always had clothes on our backs. So I guess if you don't worry about more than that, um, that's something to take with you. Also, um, I'm a miser and I have mm-hmm. kind of been <laughs> one for a long time. So I, I, and I got that through these difficult times, you know, that we had growing up. And, and I learned that from my mom because she saved every penny. In fact, she would hide, you know, the change and, you know, at the end of the year, if we can, couldn't afford a vacation, she would use the, you know, the little bits she hid here and there to pay for a vacation. So I got that. And then um, with the desire to do what my dad had done and take the risk, um, and it really took Kevin to really encourage me and him. His attitude is just wonderful about the whole thing. And I think that was the, the final key to, to making the decision. I'm an idiot. You really shouldn't listen to me <laughs> ever. Kevin, as someone who's married as well, it's hard to convince my wife to <laughs> How did you go about convincing Diane? I I, I said, I'm going to do this. Do you want to do it with me? (laughs) That's kind of how it works. (laughs) (laughs) You got some magic charm about you. No, not really. Um, It was just the opening that I needed. (laughs) We made a lot of... We did a lot of don'ts when we got married. We um, immediately put our house up for sale sold it then went and told our boss by the way we're moving to another state in two weeks if you still want to pay us that's cool if not we're we're good we'll figure it out um they kept us on for a while then we had a kid and then we decided to leave the high-paying remote jobs and do our own thing wow i mean it really was i would not advise anybody to follow this stuff <laughs> what gave you the courage, Kevin, to or inspiration to be like, okay, I'm going to leave this high-paying job and do this full time, and it's remote. We get to work from home, so there's no. Like, I, I, mean, I think some of it's being impulsive sometimes, and then um, the other is I would rather live um, with the regret of it failing than the regret of not trying. I mean, that's if anyone asks me, do you want to be, you know? If about the entrepreneurial route, if they should go that way, that that's the thing. What's your bigger regret? Would you rather fail? Would that bother you more or not trying at all? And if not trying at all would really bother you, then do it. Yeah. But you know, if I, you, if, if failure is your big one, then don't. I have this quote that I like to say, I've made it up, Kevin, but essentially my, my, we do this as a family, we do these new year's resolution template that I just found online. And I was like, you know, what's your favorite quote of the year was one of the templates. And I said, like, what would you regret more? Like, would you regret not doing it or doing it and failing? Mm -hmm. And I kind of have that scope with any new project that I think about. It's like, what would I regret more this way or this way? And kind of going about that would give me least regret. regret. I I, I agree a hundred percent. It's not for everybody, but for us, you know, we, we like to have a lot of change and things. And also career wise, we put, 
I think before we got married, we both threw ourselves into our jobs. <clears throat> and, you know, as we got older, we realized that that's not always appreciated. It's taken from the people that you work for. They'll take every, you know, every minute you'll give them, but mm. you don't always, it's not what you get back isn't worth it. And um, I think we came to the realization like, well, if we're going to, if, if we're going to work hard and take risks, because we both work for small companies uh, most of our careers, then we may as well at least get the rewards and the satisfaction of making things we want to make, not what someone else wants to make. Yeah, because I, th I think some of it too is um, we're both impatient and oh, we, <laughs> we, we get along really well that way. And <laughs> we, we like to make a decision and move. And that's hard to do when you're working uh, for somebody else. Are you guys both mm -hmm. Aries? I feel like there's a commonality between all three of us. I'm Aquarius. an Aries. Get out. Okay. See, I'm like Aquarius. Get out, Kevin. So, like anywhere in the February range. That's what. That's my wife and I too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an Aries. She's an Aquarius. It's crazy. Oh, how yeah. fun. <laughs> it works well, right? I don't believe in this stuff, but then you talk me to more, like Aries and like people. I'm like, this is like pretty much accurate to who I am. I get it. <laughs> yeah, and, and so you just want to, you kind of want to do your own thing. You know, like you know, if you if you believe in something, the last thing you want to do is spend your day going and convincing twelve hundred other people to get on board, write a memo, and deal with you know all the different fiefdoms and politics inside of a company. And eventually, it just wears on you. So it's pretty easy. I have to convince her. She has to convince me. That's tough enough sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> that's all we got you know they said like what i started to do stuff on my own in my early 20s but i don't think i was ready or maybe not motivated enough but i think having a family and having some kids like i left when my daughter was just turned about to turn one and so i'm always like oh how long have i been in business oh how old are you like it's pretty yeah. easy for me to kind of figure <laughs> it out and then be like the but it pushes you like it does mm -hmm. sort of like I have to keep working. And when you're doing it on your own and you have a family support, like it completely changes your mindset that says, Oh, well, I can do this to like, no, I have to do this right now. Yeah, it does. It does. And, and to be honest, I was always working on some kind of side project. Me too. Anyway. So, you know, may as well make a living from it. Kevin, I don't know if you felt this, but I was doing that too. And I always felt proud. I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not a entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. I do have all these things. And I'm always starting these little side projects and always doing stuff. But then it wasn't until I started realizing that I was actually afraid of taking these side hustles into a main hustle. Mm -hmm. that It was fear that was holding me back. Not this pride. Forget pride. I was like, why, don't, why haven't I focused on just one thing and made it into a bigger thing? And it was that realization that made me say, look, I'm getting older. I have to do this. I should do this now. And I'm actually afraid of doing it because that's why I've always kept them on the side. Yeah, I, I, there was some fear. Um, not a lot. I think it, it you know, we started this when we were in our thirties and, um, I think for me, the fear was time's running out. You need to, you need to quit doing, you know, cause I always wanted everything else to be perfect. If it wasn't perfect, <laughs> let's throw it away. And, you know, um, and, and, and Diane says that's a bad habit of mine. And eventually <laughs> it is, it is a bad habit. 
but eventually it's like, you got to put something out there, you know, you got to put something out and really, really push it. And I mean, at the time we did it, home inventory was not, it was making nice vacation money, but not make a living money. Right. What do you guys think changed from whether from going full time on this? Was it just the mere fact that now you're focusing hundred percent of your effort on making home inventory be from vacation to, you know, like supporting our lifestyle? Um, Apple doing the Mac app store. I think it was a big part of it. Um, you know, before Apple brought the app stores into existence, you know, distribution was a big uh, problem with software to distribute it at scale. You could do it if you were really good at hustling marketing online. You could do shareware stuff and make a living. We were not. Um, so we actually, we actually, there are box copies of home inventory that we actually had made. And yeah, I think we had like 800 of those. Wow. Uh, yeah. And we sold none of them, but, uh, <laughs> we, we, we did giveaways for years with those. <laughs> um, but the, uh, you had to, as we learned more about distribution, you know, you had to pay some of the, the, the uh, wholesalers under the table, you know, to push your, your product into the store and that you had to pay for premium shelf space. And there was very little left over. And it was um, when we started to really focus on, you know, let's get ready to do this. Mm -hmm. um, Apple launched the Mac app store and we're like, okay, we're doing that done. And that, oh, that was it. Nice. You know, we like, had really actually just... made the decision beforehand, um, which is why we got the boxes made. It was very fortuitous that, that I think the Mac app store opened shortly after that. And, but I do think spending, you know, having the time to spend on what it is you're working on, it was extremely important. Kevin uh, left his position before I did and spent almost a year, I guess, um, basically re rewriting home inventory. So being able to focus on that um, was, was key. And then me coming on board uh, and being able to focus 100% was another key. Yeah, focus is a big one. As you said, you have to do it. When you when you when you quit your job and decide you want to do this, you it's where your rent or mortgage or food, it's where that comes from. So you you have to do it versus if you're getting a paycheck and you're doing this in your spare time, you might really like it, but you might also come home and say, I'm tired, I'm gonna sit and watch TV. Right. And you do that enough nights in a row and you never, you know, you never get anything out the door. And, um, you know, with software, thankfully you can sell it online at any time, but if you've got any kind of, if, if your entrepreneurial ideas don't involve software or, you know, you, you tend to have to be places where people, you know, and work on their timeframes when people are out and about and whether it's a storefront or, um, hosting conferences, meetings, whatever, whatever it happens to be, providing service, mowing lawns. Um, so you need to be there. And, you know, no one's going to want you showing up at 9 o'clock at night on a Wednesday. Yeah. Right, so. Hey, Kevin, how did you stay motivated? So Diane is working. Now you're here full time. 
how do you keep yourself motivated to make sure that you're actually working on the business? I'm not always. <laughs> um, <laughs> Man's I, gotta I look. Do, I still do. <laughs> I still do side projects. Um, but I like. I like writing software, so that helps an awful lot. You know, I actually enjoy what I do. So, um, and we said from the get-go, we want to make software that we want to see that solves problems in our lives, and that that's a big motivating a big motivating factor. I mean, we're using the new um, home inventory, and we want it done and out, and the data model, you know, nailed down, so we can start using it um at home you know rather than just in testing um in fact we're going to be changing the name of it it's not going to be called home inventory but What's it going um to be what is it going to be called diane oh we're not ready to release that yet okay right. <laughs> search for home inventory i'm sure there's still ranking well <laughs> um but it's moving you know we're, we're getting beyond just the the inventory stuff and moving into all other uh, oh, a cool. bunch a bunch of you know general home uh, areas we've talked a little bit about it publicly that you know we're moving into um maintenance and repairs and remodeling and and all that kind of stuff as well we're trying to make it a more um regular use app than you know just put your valuable stuff in and get not quite you know stay focused, you know, get out of the focus on, you know, what you have, but also what you're doing with this stuff and, um, and, and, and maintaining things, um, keeping things for a longer period of time instead of always going after what's new, you know? So, yeah, I like that. And I like the progression, right? Like I think too many times app entrepreneurs are like, I want to build this like everything type of app. And then you guys said, look, let's start with home inventory and then finding success there and then building on top of that. Yeah. And, and we, you know, from day one, we said we wanted to make it like uh, cafeteria style, you know, where it's got a lot of features compared to other home inventory apps and you kind of pick what you want to use. So a little bit of something for everybody. And I think that's what allowed us to take it into an app that you can make a living from this other than a hobbyist app, which is what most of the others have been. Um, you know, so it, there was a lot of depth to it and we, we want to take that a lot, lot further and have, we're, we're getting close to beta. So. Nice. Hey Diane, yeah. you know something, I was listening to this podcast yesterday with Renee Brown and Glennon Doyle and they were talking about just, uh, say motherhood, and this is why I bring it up to you, but essentially how when we're parenting, if we're not acting like our true selves, or I don't forget the right wording, but when you're acting your true self as a parent, that's when your kids truly learn. And they use examples of, Benet Brown said, you know, she was really tired after a speaking tour and she had this, her son's school, like swim meet. She said, look, I'm not going to go. I'm just really tired. She felt bad as a parent. I, I have this guilt too, father's guilt, where I'm like, I should be there for them on these sporting events, but then she's like, look, I'm just going to stay home. And then she explains to them, like, I'm an introvert. I just need to recover after these things. And this is why I stayed home. And her son was like, you know what? I'm the same way. Thank you. I didn't know I could ask for some alone time. And so mm -hmm. when we're trying to be our soul, like when we feel like, I guess the guilt is always there, but like when we feel like we're acting like our true selves and being our true selves, that's when they learn the best as parents. Sure. Sure. Of course. 
they want to see the real you. <laughs> and I, I only I bring this up because I think that's what you guys are doing. And that's what you learn from your parents where they're like, look, I got to go after this entrepreneurial goal. And your mom supporting your dad and you guys are sort of setting examples. And although sometimes I feel bad when I'm working rather than should I be playing with them? I'm like, well, I did already play with them, but should I play with them some more? I'm like, no, they're learning from this. Even though I'm being selfish in a way, they are learning from me. Oh yeah. And, and I don't think you're being selfish at all. You know, you still have a job and you still need to put food on the table and you still need to do the best that you can at that job um, and there's still priorities and there's times for things just like you would be would have if you were working for somebody else um, but I do believe that they they learn from your actions and from your words and um, I hope that that what Kevin and I are doing is inspiring him to believe that he can do anything he wants to, you know, set his mind to it. Um, but you got to work hard for it and life is messy and it's not, not all, um, you know, ice cream and whipped cream, rollerblades, right? It's, or in Adam's case, it's not always it is rollerblades, <laughs> <laughs> hockey and, uh, bikes. But, um, yeah, I think that's, that's really important. And, and, and the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we show, you got to show them that life's not over when you get married and have kids either. You know, you still have your own interests. You're not there to serve, um, just be a servant to a child. Yeah, totally. Here. Uh, Steve, I want to I show you a photo. Yeah. So this is kind of the way it is. And um, this is Adam and I <laughs> on a roller coaster. I'm full of smiles. He's full of fear, but that's kind of the way life is, right? It goes up, up and down, and 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 sometimes it's 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 all smiles, and other times we're in such you know a time right now where things are tough yeah. for everybody. So, I'm I'm almost like I'm trying to see the the good from all this bad that's happening right now, and I wasn't on my own. Back in 2008, you know, the great when we had some recession, I wasn't on my own yet, so I didn't really feel the impact. And now I'm feeling the impact, and I'm like grateful that I get to now see how I would react, what I can do from a business maneuvering perspective to then make sure that when it happens again, I'm fully ready. And so I'm kind of being like, oh, this is just like a practice run for me to be like, I can survive this for sure. Yeah. What you know, like make sure that I'm really better prepared the next time around too. And you know what? I think this time um, we're going to see a lot of innovation. Yeah. There's a lot of problems and challenges that have been uncovered. For instance, we have elderly, uh, you know, in our family that are in homes and it, it's, it's, it's a really, really tough situation. And Kevin and I talked about it, but you know, what, what can we do to, to help solve this problem? And, um, you know, I hope innovation and, and, and solutions come now that things um, like the, you know, taking care of our elderly, you know, the problems with it are coming to light. Yeah. Kevin, are you coding up some stuff right now <laughs> as we speak? No, no. I think on that front, um, we may 
God help me, but get more in the political side of things. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that's where some of the problems lie. But uh, we did send her mom uh, an iPad so we could video chat. Um, and that's just as an aside, something I encourage anyone to do if you have any leftover uh, tablets or, or um, phones. And there is a nursing home or a re you know rehab facility, something like that nearby. See if they want them so their loved ones can video chat with them. A lot of them don't have that stuff. That's a great idea, Kevin. That's a great idea. You know, I'm I've always feeling like, look, I'm feeling obviously feeling the crunch of this recession mm -hmm. and people pulling back on their funds, and sure. I'm always like, you know, I want to do something, right? Like, I, and then maybe it's me like thinking like. I need to do something grand and big or being embarrassed uh -huh. that I can only raise a hundred dollars or only give, you know, 200, 300, whatever it is. But I feel like, I guess I need to get out of my own way and be like, look, just do something. Right. Like right. I heard this kid, this nine year old kid give his $70 and then he started, you know, making masks for other people. I'm like, that's so cool. Like $70 and like, hooray. You know what I mean? Like, I think we need to celebrate just the small little things that we can contribute. Well, we do because it's, you know, the answer is not always going to lie in the Bill Gates of the world to solve all our problems. As much good work as they do, um, you know, I think sometimes you need more individual care, you know, and, and, and taking care of those closest to you. I mean, that's the most important thing, right? Looking after, um, you know, we, as Diane said, we have you know, not only family members, but also friends that are in, in places where they're isolated right now. And so anything you can do on that front, I mean, it doesn't have to be a massive grand thing to make a difference in someone's life, you know. Um, and you said you you talked about the last recession. Well, we, we actually quit our jobs during the last recession. That's when we did all this stupid stuff. <laughs> we sure um, did. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> You know what's crazy is like having your own business, I almost feel is like a phenomenal life lesson as well because there's so many things in life you're like, oh man, this seems tough. And I'm like, no, I think I've actually been through tougher where like, yeah. like I, I think I could survive this too. Well, it puts things in perspective too, right. you know, and, and financially as well. You, mm -hmm. you realize that you can, you can live on less. Um, you hope that your partner is a miser. <laughs> that has not happened. I know you married one. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. You did. <laughs> and yeah. I just dropped my ring. I was playing with it. That's funny. Yes. And I think that, that it's funny. I look back on the things that I started setting up a couple of years ago with like making sure that we had the proper savings in place, everything in place. It's like, oh, I, and I, and even in the beginning of the year, I was like, I don't think we're doing enough. I don't think, you know, but I'm like, no, we actually did. And you should be proud of that. And so yes. I think I've been trying to change my mindset in terms of like just celebrating, celebrating. I read this book called Tiny Habits and like, if you want to build a habit, make it super tiny. Like you want to do pushups, do two a day and, you know, like, and celebrate it. And so I've been trying to really celebrate these minor accomplishments rather than be like, oh, that was nothing. Being like, nope, that was freaking amazing. I tell you yeah. something I've, I've started lately that really helps the mindset is fix minor nuisances, like a drawer that sticks. Like seriously, yeah. it just, it's one last thing that bothers you every day. Right. And you feel great about it. Cause you're like, I've been yeah. meaning to do this for like two years and I got it done. Exactly. And sometimes it's been two years. Right. <laughs> I'm with you.
<laughs> my, my cousin came upstairs and he's like, Steve, I got some good news and bad news. I'm like, okay, cool. What is it? He's like, good news. Like, I forgot what the good news was. Bad news, your drawers, the hinges, like, I think a kid broke it. I'm like, oh, no, Will. It's been like this for two years. Like, (laughs) never meant to fix it. I tried, but it just, I tried to fix it. I'm just not good at this stuff. Yeah. So, that's funny. Hey, one of the things that I learned from, it was B'nai Brown again. It was one of her books. And I started deploying this with, my wife was like, she said, look, there are times when I feel like 25%. I know I want to give you 100%, but I'm just tired. And after a day like this where I'm going to do four or five interviews and calls, I'm going to tell my wife, like, I'm a little tired. And I'm not going to be energetic as I am during these interviews, but I'm a little tired. And just telling her, look, I'm 20%. Can you make up the last 75% for me? That's really helped out. And just trying to stay. Yeah. You guys have any couples tips that you guys like to deploy? Diane? I, well, I think... <laughs> I'm not sure if there's anything concrete, but we do kind of, when he's having a bad day, I'll be trying to fill in. And when I'm down on something, he, he's positive. So you you don't both want to go the same way at the same time. In the downward direction. In the downward direction. Like upwards. Okay. It's really cool. humor too. I mean, you know, sometimes you just gotta make fun of things, you know, that are bad. You know, I in particular I have a dark sense of humor, so um I'll make fun of anything. But uh <laughs> the uh I, I think that helps an awful lot. The more you laugh, the better. And forcing yourself to laugh. Like there are times when that's why I like doing this podcast because I'm literally like, if I'm having a bad day, I'll still force myself to smile because I know this is a podcast medium. I need to sound energetic. And after every single one, I tell you guys, if I'm having a crappy day, I still feel very, very positive after every single podcast. That's good. That's really good. And music, music helps. Yeah, totally. And respect, obviously. You know, that, that's the big one is, you know, don't ever let yourself go for like the cheap dig or anything like that because you're in a bad mood. Yeah. Just, just don't. <laughs> is there anything that you guys, I love this, I love talking about this. Is there anything that you guys learned from your parents that you want to make sure you impart on your son? Um, a big one. Um, my father, he, he actually just passed away a little over a week ago on Easter Sunday. And he, he had he he had a lot of big dreams, but he never did any of it, and it scared him. And, I, and that may be why I'm so flippant sometimes about stuff like that. Is because I saw him spend a lot of time with the regret of not doing, it. and then always had excuses, you know, unfortunately, on why he wouldn't try something. And so I think you know, one thing we want to pass on to Adam is try it. Just if you have an interest in it, you know, as long as it's not something bad, um, give it a shot and see how it goes. And you don't, you don't have to, it, you know, it doesn't have to be permanent for you. You know, you can, you can change careers or jobs or sports or whatever hobbies, you know, you're not, you don't have to sign up for anything for life here. How did you know about his big dreams? Oh, he would talk about them. You know, I want to write a book one day. I want to start my own software company. That's what he would do it. Yeah. 
what did he say? Like, what was his? Uh, he had a lot of excuses um, for it, and and you you can always find excuses. I mean, right. there, there's uh, every reason in the world not to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know you know making that that list that you know you hear some people say like pros and cons of that i don't think that's a good way to go about it um it's you know do you want to do it is do you think it could be a good thing if it worked out do you have the means to pull it off then if so go for it and i i think that you know not to not to be have the mindset that you have to rely on somebody else for for your livelihood friends you know for your job it's great to work for somebody else you know we're all different some for some that is the best way that's how they are happy but it's not the only way so you you choose what's right for you and don't be you know don't don't let society tell you um that it's not the right way or that it's there's not enough money in that you you know that kind of stuff you know this whole situation we're learning what's important yeah and it's a lot more than than the amount of money yeah yeah and that that's another one is you know i think I think if you get caught up and, you know, following a lot of the tech founder stuff in particular, you know, you can get the wrong idea of what business has to be. It doesn't have to be uh, a multi-billion dollar venture with an exit plan for 1,500 investors along the way. Um, It can be something that just supports your family. I mean, we are... You know, we're a small business in the vein of someone that, you know, runs a store down the street. You know, we're not millionaires. We probably we're the mom and never, pop. <laughs> yeah, well, we probably never will be, but we're happy with what we're doing. You know, the only difference between that is we do our, our stuff online. Um, it's virtual, but there's no physical product you can hold. But at the same time, it's not that different. And we don't really have aspirations to do it any other way. So true, Kevin. And I think that growing up in the Bay Area, like I always had that investor, like tech mindset, yeah. something I have to do. But then if you're happy, like the freedom that you have of being able to put your own schedule in place, like maybe going playing catch or going rollerblading with Adam or playing with your kids mm-hmm. in the middle of the day, like that's just so much cooler and so much fulfilling. Yes. You know, I got a check from YouTube and I make about a hundred bucks. <laughs> a month on YouTube, just, you know, and I'm like, I was telling my friends, I'm like, but it is the proudest $100. When you make yeah. $100 or whatever it is, you just feel so proud in a sense of accomplishment that you wouldn't get. Somebody just gave you a paycheck that just said $100. Like, I, I'm, I'm envious like, of the YouTube check. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so when are you getting a play button? <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I, that is my ultimate goal to get there. Mm-hmm. I tell my kids, I'm like, Hey, guess how much I made on YouTube? And they're like, I don't know, like a million dollars. I'm like, no, a hundred dollars. And they see uh-huh. my excitement, my genuine <laughs> excitement for it. And I, I want them to understand that like, hey, you should be excited about these little things. Yeah, see, I absolutely. Think, I think our, our son, if, if we had a play button, we'll never get one. But uh, if, if we never had say a, never, <laughs> if we had a silver play button, 
I think our son would actually respect us more than just about anything we could get because <laughs> he watches YouTube so much. You know? That's my son. Exactly. I mean, he's proud that I've had this channel that's somewhat popular, but like, yeah, he's, he's like, you got to get it. You got to grow. It. And luckily he's not like, oh, that's a little bit. Cause I have told my brother-in-law, I was like, what do you think is a big, you know, like YouTube channel size that you'd be really like you respect. And he's like, I don't know, maybe like, 50,000, 100,000. I'm like, you know how hard it was for me just to get 1,000? Like, it is extremely hard, dude. I say, like, maybe 5,000 respectable now, having gone through the whole process and oh, trying yeah. to build up that subscriber list. I'm like, no, it's, it's pretty hard, man. And that $100, it's going to go up. Yeah. You know, I'm proud, Dan. You know yeah. I mean? But you, you said something earlier that, that I thought was important, and I don't want it to. To, to go by here is you said freedom and I think that is huge um you know you can be the the rich tech founder but if you if you're having to um satisfy you know investors employees all, you know and you're working 90 hours a week um how happy are you is it worth the money I don't and for some people, it may be, you know, but for us, it, that's, it's not a worthwhile trade-off. We don't want that responsibility. That would probably crush us. Investment, we'd probably be like, oh, no, just laying awake every night worrying about that. Yeah. Is that the best thing about being on your own? What is the best yeah. thing? Yeah. Freedom. Yeah, that is it. All right, Kevin, you ready for the game segment? <laughs> sure. All right. So while you're gone, I kicked you out and put you in the waiting room on Zoom. We, I asked Diane, and I, I love playing this game. I, I actually did this in my earlier like pilot episodes of this podcast. I had somebody record, but since Diane's here, I'm like, okay, I'm just ask you. Okay, so I asked her a bunch of questions about you and her, and you just got to get it right. It's pretty simple, new way game. You ready, Real rock? quick, if I do bad, are you giving away like a consolation prize of marriage counseling here? Yeah, of course. I'll help you <laughs> out. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm great right. at this stuff. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can counsel other people's marriage. My own, that's, that's probably not a good well, Maybe it's a good thing we're in separate rooms right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't throw anything at him. <laughs> Here's this box. We have 800 of these. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Here we go. Okay. What was for dinner on one of your first few dates with Diane? Supposed to be rosemary chicken. <laughs> But what did you do instead? I didn't cook, all right? <laughs> I, I bought my food. Up in, but I wanted to make her a nice dinner. And um, my mom had sent me a recipe for rosemary chicken. And it had in there whipping cream. I, to me, whipped cream came in a can. And uh, I just thought whipping cream was maybe a fancy English way of saying it. So I'm sitting there cooking and it comes to the part where you're supposed to measure out whipping cream and I like take this thing of cool whip and I'm like <laughs> into a measuring cup going, how do you get a cup of this? And Diane's looking at me like, oh my God, you're such an idiot. I didn't say a word. <laughs> I thought I that thought... was how you it was terrible too. I ordered a pizza after she left. <laughs> <laughs> she probably did the same. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> What are you guys most likely to argue about? What do you think Diane said? So you got that one right, by the way. Oh, my God. We don't argue much. I can tell. So, um, <laughs> the timer. <laughs> well, it's a little bell. Oh, yeah, we need a timer. I don't know. 
Um, Come on, Kevin. Give me money? Something. No, not money. I, uh, probably sometimes we have differences of opinion on raising our kid. Okay. Yeah. I need a buzzer. <laughs> it's about waking up in the morning. Like when you're going to start your day. That's what she said. I start my day earlier now. Yes, you do. We've we've flipped. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Kevin, Kevin would uh, pick me up to spend um, the day together when we were dating. It, his day started at 4 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. it starts at what, 12? <laughs> no, no, actually, he does, he, he does really well, though. Yeah? What time do you wake up, Kevin? Well... 7.30 when Adam was in school, but now that school's canceled, it's pushing 8.39. Nice. But Diane <laughs> is now- Don't be throwing me under later. the bus. <laughs> oh, I'm not only throwing you under it, I'm driving over. <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought this man. question would cause an argument, <laughs> and it would. And I'm like, okay, perfect. Goal accomplished for me. <laughs> we'll talk later. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your favorite thing about Diane? Oh, how uh, I like how she cares. Like she is a very caring uh, person and very thoughtful. Um, I'm envious of that because it's genuine. You know, if you know, it's not. Um, there's no nothing back there saying that. You know, oh, I need to. I should probably ask how this person is doing. She really cares, and she's very thoughtful about. Um, and and she lets me know sometimes when I'm being harsh because sometimes I don't think before I speak often I don't think before I speak and she kindly lets me know that I should have said that Kevin it's an Aquarius thing okay yeah <laughs> is that what it is <laughs> I think so <laughs> Dan what did you say you remember oh uh yes I did uh, my sense of adventure and you know the traveling and uh that kind of stuff because i think that was something uh, that i was able to bring to the mm -hmm. table absolutely all right kevin we'll make these this one next one quick the what is so i guess i should ring the bell because that was so sweet but what oh. is what is your worst habit getting up late used to be <laughs> my worst habit yeah that diane that one is isn't an issue anymore. <laughs> it's looking up those guitars. Those guitars in the back. That's what it. That's what she said. <laughs> All right, Kevin. We'll end with this. What was the what was the best present you ever gave Diane? What did she say? Oh my God! A trip, surprise trip to the beach on Mother's Day. Ooh, that's a good one. No, it was. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> it was marrying her. That's what she said. Oh. I know. You guys are so sweet. This is getting gross. It is. <laughs> well, to the listener out there, if you want to check out, you want to learn more about Kevin and Diane and their love story. Now, maybe the love story part isn't on the website, but go no. check out <laughs> binaryformations.com. Kevin, Diane, do you want to send the listener anywhere else? Uh, to your YouTube channel. Hit that, hit <laughs> yes, of course. Give him, the, give him the silver play button. Come on. That's so awesome. Yes. 
Well, guys, thank you so much. Thanks for being friends. We've done quite a few of these already, and I appreciate every time, every single time we've done this. It's been such a great conversation. I'm glad we got to do this type of conversation because I got to learn so much more about you guys. And it's really why I wanted to do this podcast, to learn more about the people that I really admire in the entrepreneurial space. So thank you guys so much for coming on and doing this. Uh, thanks for having us, and thanks for doing these. Yeah. Thanks. Thank it, you was, for- it was a lot of fun. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next chat.